0: Welcome to the payoff pitch on Fanima Radio. I'm Paul Valley, and ladies and gentlemen, we are just eight days away, maybe even just a week for some of you who will be listening to this a little bit later, away from the Orioles' start of the baseball season. Of course, you're going to have the Nationals and the Yankees playing next Thursday, uh, and the Giants and the Dodgers right after that, uh, televised. That's the opening game of the season. So, really, a week away from Major League Baseball, and it's something to be pretty excited about. With the Orioles, there's a lot to talk about as far as roster construction because, as we've mentioned on this show before, they're going to have a 60-player pool that they can take players from at any given time, a 30-man active roster for the first two weeks of the season. That goes down to a 28-man active roster for the next two weeks, and then the remaining probably five weeks of the season, you're going to see a 26-man roster, which was – what was originally going to happen to start the year if they would started back in March like it was supposed to. And that's actually a player up from what it had been. It had been 25-man rosters for years and years, and now it's up to 26. Um, Usually they were going to say you can't carry more than 13 or 14 pitchers, uh, but that's out the window with the whole pandemic and the the fact that they're trying to ramp up the season so quickly, there's not going to be a limit on the amount of pitchers you can have. So – with that roster in mind, let's get to talking about some stuff that's happened with this team over the last week or so. Um, Anthony Santander and Dwight Smith Jr. had not been in Orioles camp for, since, since it started again. Um, we just found out the other day Santander showed up uh, and he started working out with the team. His, upon his arrival in Baltimore, he uh, got tested and tested positive for COVID-19. He did come out and say that. Uh, he said that he had... Very mild symptoms, if any symptoms at all, that he felt good. He's been back out working out with the team. The goal is to get him back on the active roster by opening day. Uh, Santander... Last year, if you recall, he hit 261 with 20 home runs and 59 RBIs in just 93 games. You stretch that out over the course of a whole season, it's close to 30 home runs and I believe about 97 or 98 RBIs. This is a middle of the order bat. He hits from the left side and the right side. He's a switch hitter and he's a pretty equal hitter from both sides of the plate. That 261 number is a little low for uh, average for a guy who's going to hit in the middle of the order, but you have to take into account the fact that he was hitting about 293 at the beginning of September and then he had a, a nagging shoulder injury. I believe it was a right labrum injury that really impacted his swing and therefore impacted his playing time. Uh, his batting average dropped about 30 points from the beginning of September to the end of the season. Should be healthy now. He's just 25 years old, targeting opening day. If you're going to have a an opening day outfield of Santander and Austin Hayes and then you throw in DJ Stewart, we're going to talk about him in a little bit, that could be an exciting outfield. You're looking at Santander again. He was a roll 5 pick, a big-time hitter. who's a switch hitter uh, that the Orioles took in that roll 5 draft a few years back, and they, kept, they held on to him because they liked his bat, and he showed glimpses of that last year. And D.J. Stewart was a first-round pick for the Orioles back in 2015, had prolific on-base percentage numbers in college he had a 4.81 career on base percentage in college and that it was 3.58 in the minors which is a good professional number 26 stolen bases in 2016 at the minor league level 20 the next season he hit 21 home runs in 2017 for Bowie last year was hitting 291 with 12 home runs at Norfolk when he got the call-up to Baltimore. He, overall in the minors, he had 283 with 15 home runs. Stolen base numbers were down to five last year, but he also dealt with some injuries. And But this is a make-or-break campaign for D.J. Stewart because he's 26 years old. He'll be 27 in November. He hasn't really shown what made him a first-round draft pick, at least at the Major League level. Now, let's, it's a small sample size. He only has about 61 professional games at the Major League level. Um, 238 hitter, seven career home runs. The Orioles are hoping that, look, they don't need him to hit 280, 290. If he hits 260 and gets on base at a 350 clip, that's an everyday starting outfielder at the major league level. And if they can get that out of, out of D.J. Stewart, it's going to go a long way for this ball club and some decisions that they're going to have to make. And D.J. Stewart, it's a, it's a, it's a ticking clock. Because Ryan Mountcastle, they've said he's going to play sparingly at first base. They're not having him on the left side of the infield at any other point in his career from here on out. They said that they've stopped hitting him ground balls at third base and shortstop. He's primarily a left fielder who will get some spot starts at first base. He's going to start the year at that satellite camp at Bowie, which it's been announced that it's Bowie. But Mountcastle, he's going to spend about 8 days down there and then he's probably going to get the call because they want his bat in that lineup and it's up to DJ Stewart to hold him back and it's up to Renato Nuñez to hold him back but and Chris Davis but we'll talk about that in a little bit and then we talk about Austin Hayes he was a third round pick in 2016 but he was the first player taken in the 2016 draft to make his major league debut he was a finalist for the, the National Minor League Player of the Year Award in 2017 when he had that monster season uh, between Frederick and Bowie where he hit well over 300, over 30 homers, over 90 RBIs. He's, he's potentially a five-tool player who's dealt with some nagging injuries the last couple of years, but really was a spark plug that ignited the Orioles in September. He played, I believe, 21 games, hit over 300, hit a few home runs, drove in some runs, played spectacular defense, highlight real catches, out there. He had one of the top 2 or 3 plays in the majors according to MLB Network's top plays countdown and he only played for less than a month. So, this is an exciting prospective outfield for the Orioles. And then you're looking to have a fourth outfielder there. Uh and it could be um Mason Williams. He had a lot he had a successful year down in Norfolk got a call late in the season up to Baltimore. Uh I, they had I think, I believe earlier this year they had either opted out or designated him for assignment, but he's back in the organization. He's at the camp. He's still at Camden Yards, so he's still vying for a spot on that opening day roster, but it's not going to be as an everyday player. And then, of course, you look at Dwight Smith, Jr., who was a former first-round pick. His father was a major league player, got off to a hot start last year, but then had that calf injury that limited him to 101 games and really just nagged him all year. The defense was suspect in left field last year. He only hit about 241 or 246, I want to say, with 14 home runs last year. Dwight Smith is, is an interesting player, and if you followed him on Twitch during that MLB The Show tournament, really, really made a name for himself in Baltimore, put himself in the hearts of a lot of Orioles fans, just with his character and his personality and just the way that he presented himself during that tournament. So a lot of people are pulling for Dwight Smith. The problem is he hasn't been in camp yet. He they haven't said anything about it, but you have to imagine just like Santander that he tested positive for COVID-19 and with a week left to go, I just he's still not in camp. I don't see how he's going to make it onto that opening day roster. I have to imagine that Dwight Smith Jr is going to end up down at at Bowie and maybe make, probably make an appearance at some point this year. That's up to him to show out while he's down there. I mean, they're going to be playing a lot of intra-squad games, and that's the only way that he's going to be able to prove that he can get up to the majors. It's weird without a minor league season. But Dwight Smith, I, I think you can probably etch it in stone right now that he's not going to be on that opening day roster, and that's unfortunate for him because he was doing what he needed to do. wasn't having a, a great spring. He was hitting about .267 at, at spring training. But he was going to be in the running for a corner outfield spot uh, on opening day, and in the pandemic, and then he catches the he catches COVID more than likely, and now it's really through no fault of his own. He's going to have to basically start from scratch and work his way back up to the big club. Then you're looking now. What, let's talk about a little bit about the uh, about the infield here. Richie Martin. Tough break for this kid. Rule five pick managed to stay on the roster all year last year. The Orioles had high hopes for him. He was going to be the starting shortstop probably down at Norfolk to start the year. But his bat was really coming on in spring training. His defense is spectacular, as we know. He's in camp, and with some guys missing, he was going to get a shot to be – Probably not an everyday player, but get regular spot starts, whether it was going to be a third, short, or second base. He's taking a lot of ground balls at second base to really diversify himself to that team. And then the other day in the intra-squad game, on a pickoff attempt, he slides back into the bag, jams his finger on Chris Davis's leg, and they thought that it was just a split fingernail and a little bit of an incision underneath the nail. And He's going to be day-to-day. Well, then the next day he goes out and he tries playing catch, and it's – uncomfortable, but this time on his right wrist. Come to find out, he has a broken right wrist that required surgery, and he's going to miss the rest of the year. So Richie Martin is not in the Orioles' plans for this year, and it's unfortunate because that's a former first-round pick who the Orioles took first over on the Roll 5 draft pick last year, and they had high hopes for him. Now, look, it's not going to be a huge blow to the team on the field this year, but that's a guy – who potentially down the line could have been an everyday second baseman for the Orioles, depending on who comes up and who plays shortstop. And he had a chance to really make a name for himself in this short 60-game season. It's a 60-game season. Anything can happen. And unfortunately for Martin, he got hurt and is going to miss this entire year. So not necessarily the same thing as Dwight Smith Jr., where he's going to have to start from scratch. But He does have to come back in next spring and prove himself again, and he probably will be ticketed for the minor leagues. This year, he wasn't going to play in the minors. He's going to be on the major league roster. Really unfortunate for Richie Martin. So you're looking at he was going to be in the infield, but now it's looking like it's going to be Rio Ruiz, who's having a strong summer camp from all reports. Had a couple of home runs and back-to-back days. He'll probably be your starting third baseman. Of course, Chris Davis with that big contract over at first base, but he's having a nice—he had a really nice spring and he's having a nice summer camp as well. Jose Iglesias, new free agent, um, shortstop is going to be your starting shortstop. Hanser Alberto, who at three ninety-eight against left-handed pitching last year, just torched them all year. He's your your second baseman. Then Renato Nunez. From what I'm hearing, and shame on Masson, for not showing us intra-squad games and for not showing us exhibition games because all we can do at this point is read reports. We're not seeing this with our own eyes, but what the reports are saying is that Nunez has just been absolutely crushing the baseball, just home run after home run after home run. He's going to be your every DH. He's going to get starts at first. He's going to get starts at third. Uh, the best thing that could ever happen for Renato Nunez's career, whether it's with the Orioles or if he moves over to another team, is a universal DH because he will always have a job somewhere as long as he hits 30 home runs every year. And the, from, from what they're, the way they're talking about him, you could, you'd think he could hit 30 home runs in 60 games this year. That's not going to happen, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold it against him to hit 20 if he continues to improve with the bat. And he's only gotten better as he's gotten more playing time in his career has progressed. You remember last year he hit 31 home runs. And he was stuck on 30 for about a month. So that's a guy that can hit 40 home runs in, in a given season. I do remember a scout saying at some point last year that Renato Nunez eventually will be a 40 home run guy at the major league level. So that's your DH. So, again, your infield's going to be Ruiz, Davis, Iglesias, and Alberto with Renato Nunez taking on most of the DH duties. And that leaves, I want to say, two spots open. I think one is going to be Stevie Wilkerson, and I think the other is going to go to Pat Vileka. Pat Vileka was hitting .333 uh, with three home runs in spring training. He's come into summer camp, and he's only continued to hit. Plays both corner infield spots, and corner outfield spots. He's got a lot of versatility. It's going to come down to those guys, Dilson Herrera and Andrew Velasquez. They like the versatility that Vileka, Wilkerson, and Velasquez show. Dilson Herrera is mainly a first baseman who also plays a little bit of second base. I think that he might be the odd man out. He'll end up being at that side of that camp. It doesn't mean he's not going to play at any point this year, but I think to start the year... The Orioles are going to want to have more more pitchers than position players, and I think that that makes Dilson Herrera an odd man out. So I, I firmly believe that you're looking at Stevie Wilkerson and Pat Vileka, who can play the infield and the outfield, both making that opening day squad. And to their credit, they've come into summer camp, and they've just continued to hit. You know, and Wilkerson's another guy who was DFA'd by the Orioles back in the spring, and he was still brought back onto the roster and re-signed with the team, and now he's going to make the opening day roster for the Orioles. They love his versatility. If you remember, he even pitched well. Got the first save in Major League history by a position player last year out in Los Angeles in that six-hour, 16-inning marathon of a game out there that kept us up till 4 o'clock in the morning. So those are the guys that are going to be the utility players for the Orioles. And you look at the bullpen, and I think – Hunter Harvey, Michael Gibbons, Tanner Scott, Paul Fry, Sean Armstrong, Richard Blyer, uh, Miguel Castro are givens for the no pun intended. They're going to be in that bullpen. Uh, I also think that Cody Carroll is going to be in the bullpen. And I talked to a scout last year on this show on the Payoff Pitch. And he told me that Cody Carroll was one of the more exciting arms in the Orioles' system as far as relievers are concerned. He had that injury last year that kept him out of uh, minor league ball and major league ball, but he played in the Arizona Fall League and showed out, pitched very well in the Arizona Fall League. And he said that that's a guy who could pay dividends for the Orioles coming out of that bullpen. I think he's got a spot. And then you look at the starting rotation – and the reason I'm bringing up the rotation in the middle of talking about the bullpen is because there's another spot that's going to go to a starter candidate. And right now, the starting rotation, as it's lining up, is John Means as your opening day starter, followed by Alex Cobb and then Wade LeBlanc. You have to assume Asher Wojciechowski is going to be your number four starter because he was one of the – despite an ERA approaching five last year, is one of the Orioles' more consistent starters – and honestly, this day and age, four and a half to five ERA usually gets you a job in a starting rotation towards the back end, especially on a team like the Orioles. So then you're going to have that fifth starter, that fifth starting rotation spot, and it's going to be a showdown between Cole Stewart and Tommy Malone. Now Tommy Malone, in his last outing at the summer camp, retired 15 of 16 batters that he faced. Cole Stewart has had a pretty had a pretty he only got one start at spring, in spring training before things got shut down. He did okay. I believe he gave up three runs in, in, three, innings, or three, in three or four innings. Uh, and then there was the shutdown. Brandon Hyde has been really excited about him from what he's seen the few times he's watched him pitch during the summer camp. His fastball is touching 95-plus. He's got good breaking stuff. And Hyde even said there's a reason this guy was the number four overall pick in the draft in 2013. He's a, he, he's a major league pitcher. So it's going to come down to Cole Stewart or Tommy Malone, and whoever doesn't win the starting spot is going to be a long reliever in the bullpen. They both have their spots on the, on the roster. In fact, Wade LeBlanc and Tommy Malone both just had their contracts purchased by the Orioles almost guaranteeing their spot on the opening day roster. It's just a matter LeBlanc's in the rotation. It's a matter of is it Malone or is it Stewart? To round out that five-man starting rotation, do they go with a six-man rotation? Do they do an opener every now and again? That remains to be seen. I don't like the idea of an opener. I would rather have five starting pitchers make starts for you. But, you know, I think that teams that don't have starters, that don't have enough starters like the Rays did a few years ago, Those are the teams that need the openers because they have good bullpen arms or young guys who will eventually become starters who are good, but they don't want to throw them to the Wolves just yet. The Orioles, they have a lot of starters in the minor leagues who are going to be quality pitchers, but they're not in a position right now where – if you have an opener, it's going to help you win ball games. They're just look. The, the, if the Orioles win 20, 25 games in a sixty-game season this year, it's going to be an it's going to be an improvement. So they're not necessarily trying to win games. You're more so trying to fill the spaces and see what you have in guys. Doesn't mean that they're going out there with the mindset we're not trying to win, but we're just being realistic here about what the Orioles are at this point in time. Two years from now, we're going to be having a completely different conversation. That's a conversation I really look forward to having. But as of right now, your rotation is Means, Cobb, LeBlanc, Wojciechowski, and then either Stewart or Malone or both if they go with a six-man rotation. A uh, couple of um, the, the catchers, it's going to be Pedro Severino and San Cisco. they really – it all depends on if the Orioles are going to carry a third catcher on that opening day roster, which they might. They might, considering they have four extra players than they normally would have had. And that that's going to come down to Brian Holiday or Austin Wins. Uh, but if they carry three catchers and then they have a catcher on the three-man taxi squad for road games, it's going to be between Wins and Holiday. Both of those guys are going to get their opportunities. And both of those guys are probably going to play in the majors at some point this year. But Pedro, Pedro Severino is your everyday catcher. San is going to back up. You're also going to see Chance maybe get some starts at first and maybe get some starts at DH to see if his back can play at the major league level because he was a prolific hitter at least average-wise in the minors, and that has not translated to the major league level yet. So it remains to be seen if Chan can stick with his bat. A couple of other things, just to, or really just one other thing to talk about, is Ty Block, who was a long-shot candidate for the rotation but maybe had a shot at coming out of the bullpen. His elbow was – he was experiencing a lot of discomfort in his throwing elbow, and it was not improving as days went by. He had an MRI, and it turns out he needs Tommy John surgery. So he, his season's done as well. Um, And probably next season also you probably won't see um, Ty Block pitch again until probably spring of 2022, and if not the Arizona Fall League in 2021, assuming we have a season, a full season next year. And you might never see him pitch for the Orioles again. It just really depends on the the arms coming up in the system and how the Orioles feel about Ty Block. So – as for the content portion of this show, that's going to do it. Um, and also, now a little personal note, that's going to do it for me as your host of the payoff pitch from here on out, folks. And, you know, I, I started this show in my basement in 2016 um, as a YouTube show that <laughs> I think my most viewed show was 406 people, and it was a four-minute rant about Hunsu Kim not taking an assignment to the minor leagues. Um, And then from there, I went over to um, Social Red Dog Let Us Use Their Studio. That's actually who's helping me produce the show right now. They let us use their studio down in Towson last year as Tony Lombardi. uh, Had me do the payoff pitch as a 30-minute to to an hour-long podcast last year. And then that helped me meet a lot of people in the Baltimore sports market and led to me ultimately getting a job over at PressBox where – I was the producer of Stan the Fan Charles' Saturday morning show, The Bat Around. Well, with the the pandemic and whatnot going on, it looks like Stan won't be doing the Bat Around. And I got myself in a little bit of trouble the other day when I mentioned that I'm going to be the new host of that show uh, because Pressbox wanted to put it out an official release and they wanted to put out have a webpage to direct to direct people to. So I'm not going to tell you that I'm the new host of that show. But there's a reason that I won't be doing the payoff pitch anymore. Um, I loved, so you you can you can put two and two together. I I would imagine based on that, Um, guys. I've loved talking baseball with you all for the last. For those of you who have been loyal since the show started, you're amazing. I can't believe you stuck with me. Uh, For those of you who have joined on and watching and listening to this show for the last almost two years now uh, through Phantomal Radio. Your support has meant the world to me. It's been my dream to work in ba- in Baltimore sports since I was since I was since I realized I was never going to play major league baseball, um which was probably when I was 14 years old. It's been my dream to work in in Baltimore sports for my career. They say that if you uh if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life and I'm I've said it before, I'm well on my way to never working another day in my life. And I couldn't have done it without the, without the support of the people that are helping me produce this show right now, again, social, Red Dog Media, um, Tony Lombardi, Derek Arnold, Glenn Clark, Stan Charles, I couldn't have, and, and most importantly, the fans who listen to the show. And I feel like I'm giving an Oscar speech right now, but this, I'm emotional. This show means a lot to me. It has been. I, I, I created this show from the ground up, and it's taken me to, to heights that I thought I'd get to, but heights that I didn't think I'd reach quite as quickly as I have um, a lot of special people in this Baltimore market who have really gone above and beyond to help me out and I'm so excited for the next chapter in my sports journalism career and I can't say thank you enough to my fans our fans again social red dog Tony Derek it's meant the world to me and I hope I continue to make everybody proud and I hope that you all follow me over to the bat around if I become the new host um I hope you all follow me over there and get to listen to me for a couple hours every week. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks for tuning in. As always, go O's. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll see you guys around.